to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm peaches i'm zach who goes third sometimes and i'm czar oh my god what was that sound that we just heard a wild czar has appeared a wild czar has appeared where the fuck have you been who let him back in not too (laughs) wild pretty incapacitated at the moment what have you done to yourself yeah let's address the elephant in the room czar just Give us the unadulterated story of where the hell you've been. Well, as many have known for quite a while, I've been having some back problems. I don't know if we've talked about it too much on the podcast, but I was getting better. Everything was returning to normal. And then like an idiot I was, I participated in a golfing event that ended up twisting my spine. The least athletic sport there is. I know. I thought (laughs) I was totally fine. I thought, you know, there's no way golf could hurt you. (laughs) It's just golf. Turns out when you have a spinal (laughs) injury, golf really does hurt you. Boo. So yeah, I twisted my back and I had a herniated disc and my already herniated disc uh, pushed more cartilage out into my sciatic nerve, which if you sit on the toilet for too long and your leg goes numb, that is the nerve you're affecting. That's a fun word. Can you say sciatic again? Sciatic. Sciatic. That's nice. Yeah, Um, but that nerve pinched off is not not much fun. I was in the most pain I have ever felt in my life and hope to ever feel in my life. Um, It was it was awful. So last week, I finally had surgery on my spine. And what they did was they went in and they scraped off all of the cartilage that was pressing into the nerve Sweet. Yeah, they took it out. (laughs) So now I'm in a recovery period and it's going well, but I'm really freaking sore. I have no energy and I don't even know what I'm talking about at most points. So this will be fun. This will be a fun return. How is that any different from the rest of your time on this podcast? Normally my back doesn't hurt. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Zar, we for what it's worth, we really missed you, man. It's just not the same without you. And we were we were just like, oh fuck! It sounds like he's in a lot of pain. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really happy that you and Zach visited me recently. That really uplifted my spirits. What was the best gift? Me or Zach's gift? Say the Pokemon cards. Um, whoever gave me the Pokemon cards with the score bunny on it. Yeah, the- I mean, I know. Zach gave you a whole ass capture card, but for free. Oh, you think it's for free, baby? <laughs> oh, is there is there a price later? Oh, am I paying yeah. with ass and grass or or gas? Foot picks. You no. don't have any of those things. I have none of those. <laughs> oh, um. Also, I beat Dark Souls, so I'm better than all of you now. And um, huh. 
So Zach, you have completed a game that I refuse to play out of frustration. I don't know if it was the 45 hours, but I am, as JP described, on cloud nine. Zach, I heard when you beat Dark Souls, you just like grow a fedora and gain 50 pounds. Is that true? Maybe. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> you, your time spent on the shores of hell was minuscule compared to some adventures. Like there are hundreds of hours spent in this game. And you escaped at 45? That is not too bad. That's not too shabby. I did have real coaching me. It was nice. It was nice. <laughs> that kind of segues into one of our questions. We got to save that one for later. Who wants to... What, what, what are we doing today, guys? What are we doing well, today? Hold, well, hold on. I'm exci- hold on I know I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I'm excited. I, I get you're excited, but there's one fun fact that I just want to... I want to kind of blow your guys' mind with. God, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, this isn't the blimp one, all right? We're past the blimps. Oh, but the blimp one is so interesting. <laughs> the viewers need to know about the blimp. Remember, <sighs> we need something to open well, the next I, I, episode, I got this boys. this fun fact already locked and loaded. Okay, fine. What's the fucking fun fact? All right, so in Mass Effect 2... There's a. Oh, <laughs> I'm already uninterested. <laughs> more Mass Effect. Well, there's nothing wrong with more Mass Effect. I think everybody could go with more Mass oh, Effect. Oh, I didn't say it was a bad thing. All right. So in Mass Effect 2, <laughs> there's a character named Samara who is voice acted by somebody named Maggie Baird. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But. Just just for fun, take a guess at who her daughter is and just spit out any wild one. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Cardock Yaw? Joe Mama. All right, so you're all very close. Uh, JP was probably <laughs> closest with Joe Mama. It's actually Billie Eilish. Whoa. No way! Oh, yeah. that's... Huh. That's so, cool. Uh, that's wild, actually. Billie that is Eilish a pretty is fun one fact. degree of separation from Mass Effect, so... Anyways. Which makes sense if you look at her. <laughs> so she's basically Mass Effect adjacent. Yeah, so I mean, anyways, I'm Billie Eilish's number one fan now. Um, I'm, I'm going to be posting a bunch of fan cams on what, my... What about oh, Taylor Swift? I'm all, I can be the number one fan of multiple people. Gosh, yeah, he can, he can lead <laughs> as many so. fan clubs as he wants. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I feel but, that. Can we get into what we're doing yeah, today? We're yeah. already seven minutes in. Yeah, yeah. We can get into the real stuff now. All right. Today, we are doing an episode of Answering Gaming's Biggest Questions. Now, we've got four questions in the chamber. We're going to see how we do because really we're on a timer today to see how long Zar can stay awake before the painkillers get him. I got so, 20 minutes. <laughs> I got to- oh, shit. <laughs> Who's got money Set on the 30? Timer. Well, Jesus, I'm glad we spent two minutes talking about Billie Eilish. All right. So we're going to try and get through four different questions. Uh, We're going to do, at what point is it okay to use a walkthrough? Celebs becoming posters for games. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We're going to do, how many sequels can you make before it's time to give up on a series? And we're going to ask, to what extent are we fine adding elements of competition to not typically competitive games? So... I say somebody gets us started with number one. At what point is it okay to use a walkthrough? Now, I've got some hard takes on this, but obviously, we got to get everybody's opinion on this. Czar, since you're the first one back in a while, why don't you answer this question for us first? What do you think is the appropriate amount? Like, what do you think is the appropriate use of a walkthrough? Oh, you know we couldn't 
have an episode devoted to hot takes without Zar returning. So I I'm very liberal with the use of of walkthroughs. I think walkthroughs are okay at any point. Hell, I, I was playing Link's Awakening, one of the games in I've been beating throughout my recovery. And I've been using walkthroughs left and right because, you know, I get stuck and I want to progress. I don't want to sit in frustration for hours. I mean, just because I have the free time now doesn't mean I'm going to have the free time to waste that much thought process on a simplistic puzzle that was meant for children any for any longer. Okay, but no, I I think it, it really comes down to. It walkthroughs are okay whenever you feel like they are. If you get stuck, use them. I don't. Wh- what are what are your guys' thoughts here? I kind of want something else to bounce off of. No, that's disgusting. How dare you? You do it all by yourself, <laughs> solo. <laughs> JP, I want to hear your hard take. It sounds like you completely disagree with Zar. It's not that I completely disagree. It's more about the time than it is like the hard opinion, I guess. So, okay, here's my personal rule. As far as completing a game, like, let's say you're going after completion. Like, it's not just about, like, getting through the story of the game. It's about completion. I say if you're going for 100%, you can use a walkthrough all you fucking want after you've beaten the main story of a game. Like, if you're going for completion. That's my take. But if it's like you're in the middle of a story of a game, a walkthrough should only be used sparingly and only if you've exhausted literally all of your options. Like... You're in a dungeon, right? And you just can't figure out where to go. You've looked in every corner. You've used all of your items. You've hit the wall with random things just to see what would fucking stick. And you can't figure it out. And you've spent like too much time. Let's say you've just, it's a its a little arbitrary, but too much time trying to get through a puzzle. Then you can use a walkthrough. And only then you can only use a walkthrough, in my opinion, to like just get through to the next like phase, I guess. Is my opinion. That's fair. Unless you're talking about Legend of Zelda. I feel like some of those games you kind of have to have a walkthrough because the puzzle is just so obscure that it's unguessable. I mean, maybe this is just because of my big, smooth brain, but there, there's never been like a time past like a certain age where I had to use a walkthrough to get through Zelda dungeons because some of them can be kind of convoluted and hard but zelda dungeons for the most part are pretty like not necessarily cut and dry but it's like you see the same kinds of mechanics throughout the games you know it almost repeats itself it's it's true they they utilize the same situations you know you get a a unique item that helps you progress in a platform manner and then the rest of the the dungeon is devoted to using said item that you got Right, exactly. And but see, like I, that's oh, sorry, keep going. I mean, no, no, keep going, Zach. I've spoken enough. Yeah, and so like I get where you're going from, JP, and um, I just I'm with Zara on this one. I kind of think like it's your game. Do whatever you want with it. Like if you want to walk through because you're stuck, you know when you're frustrated, you know when you're at your limit. I do think that JP, where you're coming from, is completely valid. You're kind of I don't know ruining this part of learning that the developer thought would make you feel very satisfied afterwards and i do think when you use a guide right it does take away some of that achievement but at the end of the day you paid for the game and you pay for the experience and whatever you enjoy you can enjoy if you use a walkthrough no one's really gonna know 
I mean, for realsies, except maybe in Dark Souls, you get 100% run, then they might know a little <laughs> bit, because that game is obtuse as a mama goose. Okay, you don't know what's going on in that game. Yeah, um, but like, yeah, knowing a walkthrough landscape with Dark Souls is is no help to you, because you're still just going to get squished no matter how much you know the landscape and where all the secrets are. That comes down to skill. Um, At that point, though, those my, are my more point like... wasn't Dark Souls, though. That my point was on the guide part. My my beef for distracting. Well, well, like, you know, I'm easily distracted. Zelda, like the point of the game is like, or the point of dungeons is to give you the puzzles, right? But oh, yeah, th- that's almost like a difference. Whereas, like Dark Souls, like the dungeons aren't super complicated because the challenge isn't figuring out a puzzle. The challenge is just getting past the fucking boss. You know, well, at that point, those are more looking up tips than a walkthrough. I would say. That's that's true. Tips and tricks, I think, should be labeled differently from walkthroughs because it's not guaranteed information. It's just what works best. Um, I mean, what would a walkthrough of Dark Souls even fucking look like? Just LOL. Just good don't. luck, bud. Yeah. <laughs> just, you made a mistake. Turn back. Go play Hello Kitty Island Adventure. That game <laughs> has great reviews on Metacritic. <laughs> IGN said you can feel like Hello Kitty. <laughs> and I, with that, I think we kind of got that question kind of hammered out. Was Chaz anything to add or JP? Anybody want to end on something else? Or? Um, Chaz actually never even gave an opinion. I want to hear what Peaches thinks. So um, I think walkthroughs can kind of ruin the surprise for a lot of games. Like I know in Zelda Breath of the Wild, I didn't use a walkthrough. And like there was one point in the game where I was playing and I think maybe a lot of you can relate to this where... I just like was walking around and all of a sudden I was like, holy fuck, there's dragons in this game. <laughs> and oh, yeah, like I was really glad I didn't look at a walkthrough because, you know, I, I don't know. The, the surprise of that would have been lessened. But at the same time, I feel like if you're a person that uses a walkthrough, like if, if you still get the enjoyment out of the game, it doesn't really matter. And I agree that like it's your game. You paid the money. Do whatever the hell you want. Look up a walkthrough if you really want. But like. Mo- the best moments in gaming are better kept as secrets and that's like what a walkthrough does is it ruins the surprise it ruins a lot of that mystery and most of all it ruins the feeling of accomplishment you get when you figure something out in my opinion which is why and I actually wanted your guys's opinion on this too what do you think about my opinion on using it just for like completion well you like kn- you know if you're a completionist you know I'm a completionist and that's primarily how I use walkthroughs. Um, I used a walkthrough earlier today in Link's Awakening to get to the color dungeon so I could get new armor, like the upgraded armor in that game. Right. I had no idea that that dungeon and that armor existed until I actually looked up a walkthrough for the game and saw Link was in different colored clothes at the point of story progression that I was at. And so, you know, I went back and I looked for that hidden detail that I never would have noticed without the walkthrough. Right. And yeah, the surprise, depending on how you use a walkthrough, you can keep that same surprise if you're careful enough. But yeah, ruining that surprise does, I, I would say, lessen the value of the game. To an extent, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I'll say, because I, I am so sorry, everyone. I am so loopy. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. 
The sound effects in this episode are going to be great. I just want like weird hippie music every time Zara just starts zarring out. Yep, that's that's the perfect We're, term for it. We'll zarring, call it zarring out. out. Does anybody have any opinions to add to this before we move on? Because that was just supposed to be like the getting warmed up question. Oh, um, that was a warm up question. We're still under 20 minutes into the episode. Yeah, hell yeah, we are. We're doing good on time. We did spend seven minutes talking about, you know, Dark Souls and Billie Eilish and Mass Effect. So, oh, if only there was somebody who said maybe we should save this for a different time. Uh, again, it was already locked and loaded. It wasn't, though. We couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like that steamroller scene from Austin Powers. We could have steered away. You just didn't want to. Yeah, I'm ready to move on. I mean, it's like I just I, don't, I so don't I so don't care about walkthroughs. Like, they, I my only problem is when they like spoil like great story games, like you know Mass Effect. Hey, I I am not ashamed to say that I used a walkthrough for the suicide mission. You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> I wanted everyone to live. My first playthrough, my biggest character got carried off by bugs. <laughs> the biggest guy in bugs. the game was carried off by bugs. Oh, that why bu- bugs? Um, because you fucked around you, and if, found out. If you play the game, it, it would make sense. That we don't have to elaborate past that. Big guy carried off by bugs. Let's move on to the next one. All right, all right. So, question number two we got for today: um, celebrities becoming the poster children for new video games. How do you feel about this trend? Is it good? Is it bad? Does it even matter? Zach, I want to hear your opinions to start off on this one. I think this is just marketing one hundred and one. Like, I mean, like if you get someone like Vin Diesel or like Chris Pratt or like that, like you associate them with like cool. He got Groot. He got the guy from uh, I almost said The Office, Parks and Rec. And I guess Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, I guess he's in that too. Um, and you're like, oh, you still sit that with being super cool. And if Chris Pratt is playing the new Call of Duty, you best believe you also want to play the new Call of Duty. Okay, so like at the end of the day, like when you're in a Call of Duty commercial, that's really cool. And like some celebrities, I think, want to be in those. Whereas um, other games might pay a celebrity to do it so that they associate that cool feeling with the game and the reason that the actor or actress was paid to be in it was because the game probably wasn't that good but if you throw enough marketing dollars at it it might still sell very well even though the game may not actually be good so i just think that it can be a good thing and like if you associate a cool person with a cool game it's a great healthy relationship but like if you're using it to trick people into buying your product it can lead to some tricky waters at the end of the day that I mean, I think that falls to the consumer and knowing how to differentiate between, hey, like, Vin Diesel may be Groot, but he also <laughs> is in Fast and the Furious. And he's also in the next Ark game for some reason. That was weird. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. oh gosh. Is that Vin Diesel? Oh, my yeah, God. Zara it's and I were it's the crude like, version that, of Vin Diesel. Is that fucking Vin Diesel? <laughs> Turns out it was. <laughs> Okay, right, so that's my so, sense on it. JP and you guys, what do you think? What, what guys, 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 what yeah, you- fellas? I, I mean, it, it's the same thing as like any TV show or movie or commercial. Um, celebrities have this type of clout where they have the ability to associate their personal branding with the branding of a product, right? 
And taking that to video games isn't necessarily 100% new, but I don't think it's been done to the extent that it's being done now. You know, like big celebrity acting in video games is starting to become really big. Um, the earliest example I can think of is when they had that pretty solid cast for Until Dawn, if you guys remember that. Like, they brought in a lot of, like, decent big-name celebrities to be a part of that game. Even further back, Mass Effect with Seth Green. Seth Green is was huge, and he's kind of always been huge. Seth, uh, Seth Green ha, is weird. I made the Mass Effect reference before you, Peaches. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna go outside of Mass Effect because I feel like JP is gonna punch me if I don't stop talking about Mass Effect. <laughs> it's funny because I know where Chez is about to take this anyway. I guess I, I don't know. I see it as good. In my opinion, I see a lot more good coming out of this than bad because. Gaming is becoming such a huge part of pop culture and has been for a while that it's gotten to the point where like celebrities that we think of in a traditional sense, like these big movie stars or whatever, are becoming the faces for video games. And that's exciting because it means more people are paying attention to video games. And therefore, we're going to see a lot more really cool projects in the future where we see these big names. Hell, maybe even stars that aren't associated with movies or anything at all. Just stars that literally come up through video games. I think that's pretty cool to think about. But does it justify how a game is developed and released? That's kind of the question I wanted to get to here is... Does how does the celebrity's presence affect a game on release? Like, does it justify receiving an unfinished game? Um, even deeper, does it bleed into you know the celebrity's personal life? Like, is the celebrity going to tank in their career if the game tanks? Like, how much are celebrities putting in this and getting out? Well, let's talk about Keanu Reeves for that. I mean, yes, that is that is the example that I wanted yeah. to use. So, Chez, why don't you answer Zar's question? But let's use uh, Cyberpunk and Ke- Keanu as kind of like the forefront of the answer. So, Zar, do you want to pose that question to me one more time? So, do celebrities receive the backlash that the game receives if it's delayed and launched with problems? Um. I would say arguably probably not. I think a celebrity's brand at the moment isn't as tied tied to video games, especially if they're a celebrity that's coming from movies. Their brand isn't going to be as tied to video games as like movies. So like Keanu Reeves being in Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk not doing well doesn't reflect poorly on Keanu Reeves cuz let's let's be real. Like Keanu Reeves did well as an actor in Cyberpunk right like there's nothing you can put on him for that other than like if you want to criticize him for promoting the game and the game turned out to be bad but you that's that's on marketing that's not on him you know so yeah i feel like everyone was acting like keanu reeves before cyberpunk was gift to humanity like the ultimate gift to us as a species and now we don't hear anything about him I, I don't think that has to do with cyberpunk. I think that has to do with Keanu Reeves hasn't been in any big movies recently either. Like, and I agree with that. It's it's clearly a matter of presence, but I just didn't know if 
if he would receive backlash for the poor launch of this game. I mean, he like let's be real. Like, there's probably some Twitter trolls out there that gave him some flack, but overall, I've never seen a Keanu Reeves movie again. He was awful, and this game made me cry. But I mean, like that also begs the question of how much of that is on Keanu. I mean, it's really the same as movies where literally zero. Yeah, yeah, he has no hand in the development. Precisely, like it's the same as if it were a movie being developed, right? It's like Keanu is just there to bring the character that's been written to life with his with his talent but he didn't write the character he didn't write these lines he didn't do any of that you know he just played the part he was you know supposed to play maybe did a little bit of the marketing aid but he didn't write any of those either you know like i know this has nothing to do with the question technically but i have heard but like keanu was never the point of like scorn from these people that wanted to go against Cyberpunk 2077. In fact, that was usually the one saving grace that people had if they hated the game, was saying that Johnny Silverhands, as a character, was so unbelievably well executed. And I totally agree. You know, Keanu really made that game special, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, I don't know, like, do you hold, like, Elijah Wood responsible for, like, how Spyro the Dragon does? No, I mean, he's just a voice actor in the game. Elijah Wood Elijah is a voice. Wood does what? Spyro? I feel like I just dropped some information that you guys didn't know about. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I'm I'm completely clueless. That's awesome though. That's really cool. I, I like, like Elijah, Elijah Wood. Wood. Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, Wilfred. Wilfred was a dope show. Uh, yeah, I love he's, Wilfred. He's in like the Legend of Spyro. I don't know if that's like yeah. Huh. Legend of Spyro was a bad one, but it's fine. But do you like that again? Do you hold Elijah Wood accountable for that? Or absolutely, man, Elijah Wood <laughs> well, voice clearly action. not because I didn't even know he was in the game. Exactly. It's, it, I, there's there's no real. I, I don't see the real connection between like if if this was a voice actor like who exclusively does games, maybe even honestly, even then now, like as long as they perform well, they're doing their job. They're fine. I was going to say, so unless the voice actor is just complete dog shit at their job, then, you know, it's totally fine. And no one really blames any of the celebrities, which, you know, that's that's natural. That's should go without saying. Now, Um, I feel like we should move on to the other part of this question, though. Like, do we think that this as a trend is good or bad for games? Like, do we do we like seeing actors like Kit Harrington pop up in our Call of Duties? Do we like our Shaquille O'Neal's popping up in Shaq Fu? Shaq do we Fu! Like, the remake we <laughs> all Fu. needed. Do we, do we like Burt Reynolds in Saints Row? I mean, I, I feel like I'm on the side of like... <laughs> I, I love, it was in Saints Row. I, I love seeing these actors pop up in games that I enjoy. And I, I mean, mean I, I don't mind it. I think it's fine. I'm and a, it's most... Uh, sorry, sorry, you want to go? Uh, yeah, I was just going to quickly say that I'm going to be the first to say that I, I love the inclusion. I think it's awesome. The integration of like film, cinema and television and video games. I mean, it's the mashup we all dreamed about, right? Of course. Maybe not. <laughs> no, I mean, absolutely. Like, it, no, it, like it, more... it provides legitimacy to gaming that, you know, previously like, exactly. wasn't there, you know? As long as it's not overdone, like, I don't want Patton Oswald's cooking simulator, like, <laughs> 2022 to come out. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you 
Are you trying to slander Patton Oswalt to me right now? No, I. he could be better utilized, just not in a cooking game. You leave Ratatouille out of this, okay? <laughs> He's not in Ratatouille. Why not? Okay. <sighs> so, do I, have I to, think... do I have to school Zar right now? Do no, because this isn't a movie podcast. It could be, so, though. No, it couldn't be. Because it says the Game Tea Podcast. End of the day, gaming should always be inclusive. That's my I two agree. cents. I think at its at its most trivial, celebrity inclusions are cool, fun Easter eggs. And at its best, celebrity cameos can make or break a game. I I honestly don't see too many like bad sides to celebrities becoming more involved with these video games. You know, I I really don't. So, sure, celebrities have the ability to like make people buy crap, but they've always done that. You know, not just for video games, for movies, for products. Like celebrities can put their names on and like endorse anything. It's not a new trend, right? JP, I totally agree with you. Boo boo. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. So we're kind of under the consensus that they can, in fact, add good quality to a game. Oh, big time. I I mean, because I kind of wonder and I've just been off thinking about what would Death Stranding be like without Norman Reedus or what would Cyberpunk be like without Keanu Reeves. And how could we how could we not bring up Norman's performance in Death Stranding? I didn't play it. That's probably why. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's a PlayStation title. I have a a PlayStation and I don't want to play it. (laughs) <laughs> but neither. JP, tell me more about your walking simulator. Oh, I didn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say one thing that made me almost want to play it was Norman Reedus. I can yeah, agree it, with that. Ex- that. Exactly. Exactly. So some of these I- games would not be near as hyped in, and well played as they would be without the celebrity uh, endorsing it. Yeah, but again, that's not a that's not a new trend. You know, I mean, like celebrities have endorsed all kinds of crap that there's people who endorse Pepsi's or. <laughs> oh, God, I know. I know. Right. Oh God, taking shots at possible sponsors. No, <laughs> our Pepsi sponsor. It's God. There don't... are very few things where I will not take a sponsor. Pepsi is one of them. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Now there's a drink. Because if you don't drink Coca-Cola, then fuck you. I mean, do we really want a Coke sponsor either? (laughs) That's what uh, the polar bears say. The polar bears? Oh, the polar bears. Donate a dollar to give a polar bear a bottle of Coke. Look, I think think we can really wrap this up by just saying Patton Oswalt did voice Remy the Rat in Ratatouille. 100% 100% confirmed, and we can just go on from I did here. know, I did know that. I knew that. Oh, okay, so he was, like, the main character. Yeah, he was Remy. He voiced Remy, and he did a good job. Yeah. It was a good movie. Sorry, he voiced Remy, dude. He voiced Remy. Sorry. Dude. Fair enough. Sorry. You, you just, <laughs> just, just don't test me on this, all right? Just don't listen to anything <laughs> Czar says. He is under the influence of powerful narcotics. He, he's, taken, he's taken the drugs. All right.
right, so I think we can move on to our third question of the day. Um, Peaches, I'm going to have you get us started on this conversation. How many sequels can you make for a game before it's time to give up on the series? I've got a lot of opinions about this. I want to hear you. Peaches, while you formulate your thoughts. GP, are you drawing your names out of a hat? Or like, how's this work? Like, what? I'm just choosing. Watching you. Choosing someone to start the conversation. I'm watching you, man. Whoever he feels I, like. I thought that JP just remembered that I, I posed this question in a previous podcast. That is what JP Why, remembered. Zach? Would you like to go first? You're more than welcome to go first, Zach. What? No, I just, I, I seriously want to know if there's like a science to this. That's all I wanted to know. Oh, no. It's just I literally went down the line. It's like, okay, Zar went first on the first one. Uh, Zach took the second. So Peaches should go for this one. That That's logical. That's disgusting. Don't ever do logical stuff again. Anyway, Peaches, answer his question. All right, so the correct number of sequels to have in a game is uh, five, because that gives me two more Mass Effect games. So, oh my god, I am so sick of you! <laughs> but what if Mass Effect well, Four absolutely blows? I still want another like, one after it. Like, and then just no imagine more. like something called Andromeda, like just absolutely just tanks it. I mean, could you imagine if that happened? That'd be great. Yeah, like that would like shut it down for like ten plus years, right? <laughs> Damn, what's uh, that's some salt? Um, peaches, that was going, awesome. Peaches. Come on. Well, you know, uh, so here's the thing: is Passive like aggressive even even though Andromeda was very poorly received, it still has surprisingly good reviews. Like. I mean, if you go to Metacritic and look at user reviews, I mean, you're going to see a lot of negatives, but you're also going to see a lot of positives. And Steam is currently mostly positive, which, I mean, isn't great. It's like, that just means it's over 50% of the reviews are positive. And I think there could have been a good game come out of that had they not just entirely scrapped it upon all the negative reviews from launch. So, Chez, I don't think... I understand. So like, this is, we're getting Mass kind of Andromeda is Mass Effect Four. Is that what you're telling me? Um, text kind of, yeah. Okay, so then you don't want five. I mean, you want if six. we're being if we're being honest, like right now, the working title for the next Mass Effect game is Mass Effect Four, as far as all of us know. So I mean, technically, Andromeda is the fourth installment of the game, but is it technically Mass Effect Four? Who's to say? Again, we are kind of far from the question here. Well, you're the one who brought up Mass Effect because, of course. So I'm just trying to I, answer I, the question. I, I brought we up got Mass here because of you, Peaches. I brought up Mass we Effect. We want answers, Peaches. I, it was a meme. I said I want. I just wanted to say I want two more Mass Effect games. It was a misinput. Misinput. <laughs> you calm down. You calm. Uh, All right. <laughs> okay. So let me let me pose this question to get you to get us going a little bit more. What do we define as a sequel? Like, I know that sounds like a really simple question, but think about it. Would you consider Zelda games to be sequels to one another if the stories don't technically connect? Um, or like you could say that about like you could say that about like is the Animal Crossing New Horizons, is that a sequel to like New Leaf if the games aren't technically connected? Like a sequel what, what is according a sequel? to the franchise. I mean, for Final Fantasy, I would I would count all games as sequels. Disagree strongly, but, the but I'm gonna wait. Connect. Give me your give me your Well thing. Legend of Zelda, I would consider no, those aren't direct sequels. And so I I don't know I But why I, not? Why not? Like what's the dividing line? Like Well, namesake, I would say. Like Final Fantasy thirteen and So 
you know, Legend of Zelda is Majora's Mask to Ocarina of Time. That's no chronological net order to it. Which is actually hilarious okay. because it goes Majora's Mask right after Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I said those backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you meant, though. I am. I'm the fool. Zarstone. <laughs> Again, he's on drugs. Get Hold him accountable for nothing. Zar has all kinds of problems right now. I'll let JP. He's the Final Fantasy guy. JP, do you need to play Final Fantasy 1 to understand Final Fantasy 7? No. Okay. Not okay. at all. Well, they don't so connect. Are you a classi- sequel are doesn't you imply story. Are you classifying sequels as direct continuations of stories? Because my classification well, of sequel that's the question. is yeah. more... Is it in like... If it if it takes place in the same universe and is like continuing a story in that universe, then it is a sequel. So well, like technically, not all Call of Duty games are sequels because they're not direct continuations of stories. They all happen in the same universe, but they're not all sequels. But people still classify them as sequels because Call of Duty is paper thin story since Modern Warfare three. Or well, I, it comes down to: Are you considering the franchise as a whole a franchise or a series? Because, like, if it's centered around uh, Halo and it's not Master Chief related, then that's a spinoff, not a direct sequel, unless it's considered a sequel to the franchise. So, if that makes sense. Now, see, I think we're making this way too complicated. But we have, I think, I think we have to, though, right? Because that's like an important question to define what's going on here. But what are your thoughts, Zach? So, I, I see what you guys are getting at. I don't say you're wrong. I guess how I've always interpreted it is like, I feel like we're trying to, like, define this as like movies like how you go like from star wars like grand star wars is kind of a funny example too because i guess technically it goes four five six then one two three then seven eight nine but it's it's not like that for video games video games i would be like if it's the same universe like it's all so within the franchise it's all part of it, the same franchise i guess so yeah i guess because xenoblade one and two totally different but they're in the same multiverse i guess i could say confidently knock on wood like um all like halo one through six are are in series but halo odst is in franchise but still a sequel in is what you're saying right yes that's how i would class but i would also say like even if it's a prequel i think i would still say it's like some sort of a sequel yeah does that make that lame i I mean i agree with you like i would classify mass effect andromeda as technically a sequel to mass effect all right. Same as you would classify Elder Scrolls for a sequel to Elder Scrolls three. Yeah, or like you know, like or uh, Skyrim tomorrow, or Skyrim to Oblivion. Uh, you know. So if it's a multiple game series within a franchise, it is considered a sequel. I think that is the most important determination right there. Now, okay, but the, here's where you get funky. Now, now, that, we've there, hashed, now, now that we've hashed But like, that that's out. what's interesting about the Final Fantasy series, is despite the fact that they technically all happen in the same universe, the reason why you don't need to play one to have played all of the rest of them is the fact that you've got a different story that has nothing to do with any of the previous stories. So I don't think it's as much about the universe as it is about a continuation of the plot is kind of what I was getting at. Mm. And the reason why I think that's important is because, like, if you think about sequels, like, what makes a sequel go bad is when you take this core story that people really love and you mess with it enough to the point where people don't feel like it's the same game anymore. You know? Like, that's a that's a big reason why people hated The Last of Us Part Two over The Last of Us is because, like, they felt like... 
it's a sequel that took what they loved about the first one and completely spun it upside down. Just bashed it in with a baseball bat. Just bashed it. A golf it club. Hardcore. Golf club, actually. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Walking Dead. Whatever. My bad. My bad. No, you were close. I'm triggered about the golf reference. <laughs> I mean, I've heard... <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Why is golf such an evil sport? <laughs> it broke me. It broke me so hard. Because I, it's hard to say that it's a number. That, you know what I mean? Like you could use Halo as the example if you want. I felt like they were great up until Halo Reach. And that's when the downfall began. And it's all a continuation. Wait, you thought Halo Reach was the downfall? No, no, no. I should say after Halo Reach. I'm saying that Halo Reach oh, was okay. like the last, like, wow, this is great. And well, you consider then, that a sequel? Yes. But that's my point is like, what is that in the like line? Is that like four or five for Halo? I, Halo is kind technically of a weird one. case because Halo Reach Zero. does kind of continue. Like it, it essentially starts the plot. Of Master Chief. The end of the game is the start of Master Chief. Okay, journey. but it's a part. So, it's a can. But no matter where it goes to the timeline, it's a part of the main story, right? Yeah. It adds something to the main story going on. Because, like, I think I don't know if there has been a bad Final Fantasy game, for example. Whereas, like, games like Halo, where there's a continuation of the story. Like, there's obviously a point where the where the quality degrades. And it's like, okay, what is that point? Is it like a number of games? Is it when the story just becomes like sour, when it's like good and then they just try and add more that ruins it? Like, it's so arbitrary. Well, and I think that's what makes this question okay, hard. And Pokemon Troze is definitely canon. That's all I'm saying. Like there are Pokemon so Trose many. Pokemon was fun. There's so many spinoffs and ways to take this. I'm just sitting here like, I think I That's can boil. I, I can almost boil it down, and I guess like kind of like pissing you off at this point, JP. Like it's just like if you're not you making can, me mad. <laughs> if you can make a game that like is fun, I don't even say original. It's just fun. Like hopefully it's original and adds more, not necessarily to the story, but adds more to the franchise. Then it's worth it. I don't know. I think it's when you just keep repeating and rehashing it over and over and over that's when it's like i think the sequels are like eh, we should have stopped at three because so then why do happened. we still have sports games because <laughs> um, money would you even consider those sequels like not Madden really 20 there's, there's no, i feel like we can't because th- those have never had like an ongoing story I disagree. It's the ongoing story of how depressed I am by seeing all these sports <laughs> games release every year. Um, like, I mean, when you look at Final Fantasy, it may not be one story going on, but it, you know, like in the Final Fantasy series, there's a bunch of stories, and so like I like they just happen in the same universe. Now, I like for this, I would have to argue that I think if your game ever stops like if you don't have an original idea or like a good story to follow i think that's the point where you need to like give up on the series because i look at call of duty and like i i remember like modern warfare 2 which had an incredible story or like some would even say like black ops 1 or 2 um and i feel like the game has just given up on story at this point to the point where they're just doing multiplayer and selling you a 60 dollar game that's just multiplayer which I would also, I mean, that's another question is, it, it, that's a fucking ripoff, but. 
<laughs> in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so like in, the, in my opinion, like I, that's when it's time to stop making sequels. Like if you're just going to be doing multiplayer, release that and just do the microtransaction thing. Right. Don't okay. don't release a sixty dollar game over and over again. But as long as you have an original idea, original story to be giving to people, I think it's fine to keep making sequels. Like Final Fantasy is on who the fuck knows. Um I don't know, maybe twenty. Sixteen. But as long as as, as long as yeah, sure. As long as they're still coming up with like new stories to bring to you, then I'm fine with it. Whatever. Zach brought up Pokemon, which I think is an interesting game to add to this question, isn't it? Because they had no original ideas for, like, six generations until they got to, like, Pokemon Sword and Shield, where they added a couple of really cool ideas, but it was still, for the most part, the same game. Bro, I can tell you Gigantamaxing isn't that cool. Yeah. I fucking It's still the same Pokemon battle, well, just you have a bigger Pokemon. Even Gigantamaxing is a part of a trend though. I call it the gimmick trend. It's where every Pokemon game has like one new gimmick that they like completely give up on after that. Mega Evolution. Game is gone. Z Stones. Exactly. Exactly. So Can we like just talk uh, about how fucking stupid Team Yell or Team Shout or Growl was. <laughs> yeah, God, like they scrap were the whole damn game. And that's the thing, too, is like we're not going to stop seeing sequels when the game stops being good. We're going to stop seeing sequels when it stops making money for the yeah. developer. Right. We can talk trash on madden 264 but they keep selling it for 60 bucks and making their money back and then some and it's yeah. been a known problem that they put in very minimal effort but most per- casual precisely. audiences don't care yeah i yeah i mean i feel is there anything else we can add to this i feel like we've kind of no just i feel a like bunch we answered the bunch of food i feel like thought. we answered the question way too simply for how much we talked like just right at the end there well, the, the point we, of we these questions, questions, we didn't even come. We spent the first half of this question defining what a sequel was. <laughs> it's important. It is important. That's fair. It, That's is, fair. it is important to the context of the question. And I, and the thing is, like, I think I feel like it's a question where you feel like there's a simple answer, but it's a lot more in depth than you think. There are a lot more working parts to this for sure, but I think we're more or less on the same page as to when a sequel is no longer warranted for a gaming franchise. If when it simply stops making money. When it stops making money. <laughs> that, that's a business's Next answer, question. but as a consumer's answer, I would say when it's not original or not good anymore. When you have no more good ideas to bring to the table. Because some people consider The Last of Us Part Two the end of The Last of Us franchise. And some people still think that like other big games are going really strong after like 10 iterations. It's just it's more about the freshness and the consistency of good ideas than it I is some number. I don't think there's ever been a more controversial game than uh, Last of Us 2. Like either it's 10 out of 10 masterpiece or it's a 0 out of 10 pile of garbage to people. You're damn right. That's why it was so fun to make an episode just talking about it. <laughs> and I'm glad Zach was there for it. You were having fun? You were so <laughs> angry. I was so angry. I was very angry, okay? <laughs> angry. 
So grumpy. I'm grumpled. (laughs) All right. We have one more question to ask for today. And Zach, I want you to take it because you're the biggest competitive gamer that I might know. To what extent are we fine adding elements of competition to not top to not typically competitive games Uh, like Minecraft, Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing? Is it even possible? Like, what do you think? Uh, Yeah. Animal Crossing 99. They all start with a pickaxe. (laughs) And it's basically like, it's like deal or no deal, but without, you know, the orange guy. All right. How cool would that be? All right. You're going to make the coolest house in under amount of time. And then like Peaches gets to vote on it. Well, I mean, it's like people kind of got competitive. I I don't know. Maybe competitive isn't their best word for Animal Crossing, but like people were like, you know, doing that time glitch thing where. You know, they were rushing ahead a bunch to like, you know, maybe they weren't trying to just get ahead of other people. Maybe they're doing it just so they can continue on with the game. But I in my head, that's the competitive in nature, because I feel like, you know, you're (laughs) who are you trying to get ahead of? Like, I I, I mean, and like start uh, my example for (laughs) you, Tom, it's like it's a game you already lost. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Minecraft has all adds all these like modes where you can like you know do minecraft like hunger games uh, right like, there's like a pvp minecraft just thing. had a world championship not too long ago i don't think we covered it well but. and like uh in stardew there's there's this thing that i did called like the one year challenge i saw other people were doing this and so i was immediately like well if these other people are doing this i need to show that i can also do this um and so there's like these elements of competition getting added to, you know, otherwise, you know, just like cozy. Okay, games. but where is is the limit between competition and arbitrary rules in place by yourself to like make the game harder? Let's so like, what was that term for Pokemon games? Ooh, you're talking about a Nuzlocke. Um, Nuzlocke, yes. Uh, extending the definition of Nuzlocke to many other situations. Um, well, the problem is, I feel that Pokemon is already competitive in nature. Yeah. Whereas, like, the question is well, more yeah, like, gotta be games. the very best. But yeah, obviously, like no it's in the was. fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if not you, like the rest. Exactly, exactly. But take a game like Animal Crossing, where literally the point of the game is the fact that it's not competitive. That's the point of Animal Crossing. Is that there's no competing. There's no uh, anger or mad feelings that aren't directed towards Tom Nook, obviously. (laughs) It's just supposed to be, I'm going to make this island so cute. I'm going to plant my happy little flower right here. It's a Bob Ross simulator is what Animal Crossing is. Does that sound (laughs) competitive to you? Yes. How would you even make that competitive? My tree is happier than yours. (laughs) I, I mean, I feel like people do get competitive with it in the sense that like, people want their islands to look better or be better than other people's islands and i mean are they just going to show it off to their friends like they want like i mean that and that's totally fine like people play it in different ways but i do feel like there are people that play animal crossing with an element of competition i think mm. that's what's really cool about video games is like if that's how they want to play it go for it i mean like yeah, but and so that this gets us back to the question: like, to what extent are we fine adding this element of competition to it? Because like these are otherwise, you know, like I said, just cozy games, you know. So 
I do we really want I think like, that competition could be anywhere, honestly. I mean, it depends on the type of person you are. If you're a naturally competitive person, like Zach or my wife, for instance, you can turn everything into a competition. My wife and I frequently have who can beat the most Mario levels as a competition, and that game is cooperative. <laughs> like, we're both trying to reach the end goal here, but Fuck. she's just trying to step on my head faster. Fuck cooperative mode. <laughs> Fuck your cooperation. I play for competition. Or like you're playing Portal 2 co-op and you intentionally, like, drop them into a pit. <laughs> LOL, I love it. <laughs> I'm going to get to the exit faster than you, but we have to do it together. But I will do it faster together. <laughs> faster together. That's the thing with Nintendo is like that's almost their whole thing, too, is like making games that are meant not to be competitive in like the traditional fashion. Oh, you don't you look at me and like fucking say Nintendo isn't trying to make competitive games when they purposely release Mario Party. Uh, you, you know what? You got yeah. me there. You got me. <laughs> that ruins friendships. <laughs> you got me with Mario Party. That's true. I I don't know, but like even Mario Party, if you think about it, isn't as much about skill as it is dumb luck, which kind of soften softens like any true sense of competition. It's like taking the game shoots and ladders too seriously. It's like who wins here? Well, don't tell that to my friend Jeffrey, who I haven't talked to in years. I guarantee <laughs> you, JP, there is a competitive shoots and ladder community. There is a competitive Mario Party community. Like, I, I guarantee you, people will add anything to a video game to spice up for themselves. Like, I mean, like, I'm sure there's, like, algorithms on how you know which die you're going to get and how that can affect which way you go on a Mario Party board. You're Dude, probably there's, right. there's a tier list. No, there's a legitimately a tier list for the best characters you can pick on the newest Mario Party. Yeah, and Mario Kart 8, the same way. Is there dumb luck with a little bit of skill? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I I just think you can make anything competitive. Just like Czar said, you can make a cooperative game competitive. It's uh, just like human right. nature based on the people. All right. But, but for the record, I can tell you what the tier list is of Mario Party, okay? F tier. Everybody except Monty Mole. Monty S tier. <laughs> Monty fucking Mole. Um, actually, from what I remember, the S tier was like Boo and Donkey Kong, and I can't remember who else. Well, that list is stupid, and we're not talking about it. <laughs> we're, Don't we're just talk shit on right my bay Boo. Yeah, Zar's a big Boo fan. He's got the good seven dice. Uh, he's no Monty Mole. Okay, Monty Mole, the best <laughs> character <laughs> that Nintendo's ever created. Change my mind. What about Charge and Chuck? What about Charging Chuck? Someone hasn't played <laughs> Mario Golf. Oh, I have been playing Mario Golf. Charging Chuck is a schlep, okay? All he does wow. is make you feel bad when he does not know how to play this game, okay? Charging Chuck sucks. Charging Chuck can hit the ball a quarter mile. Okay. Okay. That's because he has the smoothest brain around, Zach. <laughs> Charging Chuck is a smooth-brained idiot. Wait a second. When you said I have a smooth... <gasps> you monster. <laughs> Wait, that means I have a... By the transitive property. You activated my trap card. You suck. <laughs> Damn it. <gasps> now, am I going back to the Shadow Realm? Yes. I, I don't know who let you out. That's a good question. How'd I get out? <laughs> Someone crack a window? It was me. I let him out. Well, that was a silly move, wasn't it? 
I know, I'm a silly person. Peaches, you're a third-rate podcaster with fourth-rate jokes. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's that's how I feel today. Yeah, you know, since we're (laughs) now on the topic of Yu-Gi-Oh, what do you guys think about getting out of here? Yes, I'm okay with that. I think we've gotten to the logical conclusion. I'm about to fall out of this chair. Yeah, let's get out of here before Zar dies. And I feel like my spine can't hold my body up for this long. End it, Zar. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just wanted to say a little bit about my pain. How dare you make this about you? A little about me. I'm Zar, and I'm in pain. (laughs) (laughs) Except this time it's physical. (laughs) Oh, that was mean. So physical. Let's get physical. Physical. All right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> out of here. All right. We've come to the logical conclusion here, which is that there are no answers and we're all smooth-brained idiots. So. And it's how? Time to get- <laughs> yep. So it's time to get out of here for the day. Czar, it's really good to hear your voice again. Thanks for joining us, even though you're about to die. I'll be back in full swing soon, hopefully. Better be. Or maybe I'll never walk again due to infection. Find out next week. On Dragon Ball. <laughs> Wait a second. What are we? No, you you had that right. We're Dragon Ball Z. Yahoo! All right. Thank you so oh. much for joining us on another episode of Dragon Ball Z. We'll see you in the next episode. Wait, what? You just Wait, got hold on. on. You're Balti? <laughs> all, right, um, all right. All right. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.